going on? Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I recorded a podcast at Aaron's house, well, two podcasts at Aaron's house this morning. Um, and then I went and got to poke around the office a little bit, which was cool. It, it's exciting. It looks like a real place in there. Yeah, I'm getting excited to see it next week. Seeing the pictures, it's going to be very different from what it looks like on paper when it's well, all in 3D. <laughs> especially when you were there last time when it was just like a big barn. Yes, it was basically an empty shell with a yeah. bunch of furniture being stored. Aaron and I were talking this morning about how like, we'll have over twice as many people as we had last time. Uh, I think we'll have five times. Well, okay. We had six, I think had six employees when I started. So we'll have Well, I mean, we'll the three times more people at our meeting than we had in December. Really? Jeez. So cool. I love it. Very exciting. I'm definitely looking forward to having everybody in the same room. Um, I think what's going to be neat is like, I don't know. I think it's always good to have like a reminder of like what we're a part of. And um, I think having everybody in the same room, getting to just feel the whole team together, I think is going to be pretty neat. So I'm excited about that. Enough about us or enough about me. <laughs> enough about BuildWit. Um, this is a podcast about Kara. Um, Kara, would you mind giving your official title? Yes, I am the CIO, which stands for Chief Information Officer. And is that, how many titles have you had at BuildWit thus far? Uh, two. Just two? Yeah. What were you before? Director of Business Systems. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I knew there was a systems in there. Yeah. Um, so since your title has changed, has anything really changed with your job other than just like increasing the scale of what we do? No, nothing really <laughs> has changed. <laughs> That's the best kind of title change. Yeah. It's like you want to sound more official, but like just keep doing your job as is. Here you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, well, an official congratulations on that. Certainly um, a, a great honor and, and really cool that, you know, you're a C-suite personnel. Well, thank you. And I'm so sweet. <laughs> um, so... You, you said there was only about seven people when you came on. So when did you start at BuildWit? I started as a contractor back in June. Okay. Um, Dan had reached out to me, I guess it was probably end of April, beginning of May, asking what I was doing. I'd left my previous job uh, end of February. That's right. I had no plans. I was just going to let my son finish the school year and then figure out what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so... He reached out to me, and that was when things went crazy. And yeah. my son was doing kindergarten virtually, so I said, mm -hmm. I can't really do anything till he's out of school because I'm having to do yeah, lessons do with him and whatnot. So I started contracting in June so we could see how it was going to work with him being at home, me being at home, my husband also working from home, and um, it worked out actually pretty well. So came on, um, I say part-time, I'm still 30 hours, I'm around 30 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So um, it gives me the flexibility of taking him to school, picking him up, that kind of thing, doing homework yeah. with him, um, spending time with him. So I came on as an actual employee, I think it was like beginning of July of 2020. Okay. So you've been been part of the crew for a while, officially. Yes. Um, I. I always like think of myself, I still think of myself as like a new person, which is, doesn't really make sense. But I think I was, 
you know, maybe like the sixth or seventh higher. Um, and though when I, when I think of like, cause you and James came around at the same time too, I think, or no, you and Matt Burt, maybe it was kind of like a couple, yes. there was like a new class, you know? Yes. Um, and I always, and I, but I also think of you guys as like newer mm-hmm. than me, which is like true. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, we're kind of the old guard now at this point. Yeah. It feels like this last year has been kind of crazy because it's gone by really fast. So I think that's why it feels still like everything's still new. Yeah. But then in some ways it's just seems to drag on. Well, but sure. I think, I think it makes a difference of us not being in an office and seeing each other all the time. I think that makes a big difference on how long you feel like you've been there. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to live in my house either way. Right. And so that time's going to pass normally, but I'm also working at this company, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, after I moved out of doing music full-time, I mean, now this is like the longest job I've had. Or the longest time mm-hmm. I've been with a company. That's I guess that's probably kind of typical in the tech world, but it's felt like you said, like a lot of a lot of parts of it felt really fast. Yeah. You know, I think the December meeting felt or feels like it was pretty recent and yet we're in the second half of twenty twenty one, which is Yeah. It's blows pretty my crazy. Mind. I think if we were seeing each other every day in an office, five days a week, people going to grab lunch or oh, a happy hour every now and then, I think it would feel like a normal year had gone by. Yeah. So that's why I'm excited about next week because that's one thing that we don't get is the the personal interaction. We have our, our many meetings. We have Friday meetings and mm-hmm. we have meetings every once in a while, but it's that personal connection that you get when you yeah. go grab a bite to eat or just chit-chat in the hallways. And what was weird about the December meeting was we didn't get as much of that kind of time then either because we had like a lot of like business things to figure out. Yeah. You know, and, and so now, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, it feels like the point in the schedule of this is just like relationship building in the company. Yeah, it is. We have um, Wednesday night, we're planning on doing a happy hour and dinner at the office. Okay, cool. So we'll be getting to do, it's like an open house. We're going to get to break in the new office. Love it. Um, Most everybody will be there for that. We have a few people that fly in later that night Mm -hmm. that might not make it. Um, Thursday morning, we have an off-site team building event planned. So it's pretty much, that's all morning. Mm -hmm. And then um, we have a backup Jake has put together backup <laughs> plans in case it rains. Sure. Because that's, I mean, it seems to be raining everywhere right now. I know. And then uh, we'll have lunch that day. We're doing dinner. We'll have a meeting in the afternoon, dinner at night. Um, I think that it's that dinner at night and the post-dinner going out that everybody will really get to know each other a little bit better. Yeah, um, I, I look forward to that. You know, at the, the, the December meeting, you know, we'd kind of all been like, sort of working. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was a different, you know? And so by the time like we ate dinner together, everybody's like, I need to get out of here. Like this was a yeah. long day. Yeah. And I feel like kind of what we've got planned for next week is it feels like it's less of the taxing day that I need to get out of here socially yes. and more like, you know, 
at times building on each other. And, you know, so I think that's going to be really, really cool. I cannot wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be more like a kind of state of the company. Here's what we're trying to do. More informative to everybody than actually everybody having to actually put thought and effort into it. Well, in a lot of ways, it's it's like a it's like part company retreat, part like you know team kickoff. You know, there's like a lot of things kind of built into it. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, how did you get? Well, I know that you and Dan had worked together. Um, mm-hmm. So, can you give a little bit of that backstory? You and I have talked about that before, but um, for the rest of the crew. I um, had worked at HCSS basically from the time I got out of college. I was hired as a product manager. And then about a year into that, their marketing manager left, and I had been coming up with marketing campaigns and writing documentation and plans for my product. And they said, well, we think that you could do the marketing job. Try it. If you don't like it, go back to being a product manager. So I became the marketing manager. And I did that for several years. We had a VP of marketing that left. Um, and so we went through, I think it was five VPs of marketing within a six-month window before oh we gosh. hired Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I think the longest that stayed was 60 days. Wow. So um, Dan came on and it was it was funny because seeing his um, his background and his resume being in the Marine Corps, you would never guess that he was in the Marine Corps because he just yeah. seemed so uh, quiet and down to earth and whatnot. But mm-hmm. we had him for about, I think it was five years. So he came on. I was excited because I didn't have a marketing background. My background's MIS and international business. Yeah. So we needed somebody that could really help grow the team. Um, Not long after him coming on, I could do all of the planning, project management, think through all the nitty-gritty details, but strategy was not something I could do. And so that's when um, we actually hired on Skylar. So he came on, and we were like the three amigos running the team. We grew from, I think we had five people at one point to 24 Wow. On the marketing team. So we, it became a team where we were doing so many cool things that everybody, if anybody needed anything, they would bring it to marketing and wanted marketing to do it. Yeah. So, um, but the previous company we had didn't really like, part of it was they didn't like to change yeah. much. And so company had been around, it's been around since 1986 and still they were doing a lot of the same things that when I started, I left after 17 years and they were still trying to do some of the things the same way. Yeah. So um, you can't really grow in the tech side if you're not willing to do that. So after Dan left, I actually changed over to run the systems in the company. We had got grown so big. We had a lot of really complicated systems and they needed to work together. So I took over that and just decided... I wanted something different. So I like having things and being able to tweak it and have things change because I like puzzles. Mm-hmm. So I like the the way things are constantly evolving here right now as yeah. we're growing. 
Well, you certainly came on at a perfect time if you like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, when you left HCSS, did you like have any kind of vision for what like the next good thing would be, and ha- build what happened to like check some of those boxes or what? It was more of I gave them five months' notice. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. I wore a lot of hats there and. Uh, one of the things I tried to do is get people to start being serious about learning the things they did, and they really didn't do that. They're like, oh, you'll be here forever. You've been here 17 years. I said, well, not anymore. I've turned in my resignation. Now you have to learn how to do yeah, it. Yeah, now so, you got to do it for sure. Um, but my thought was, after working for so long, I needed to figure out what I did, what I wanted to do, since I did wear so many hats. Yeah. And um, one of the things I really liked was uh, running our conference. We had a lot of tech on the back end, from registrations to landing to um, the mobile app to um, some experiments we did with our software and interacting with the app, things like that. So I was really interested in that. We used Cvent, so I thought, well, maybe I'll get a job with them. I'll, I'll join their implementation department and help other events that have grown like mine and figure out ways they can use it. Well, I had done kind of some informal interviews and then the pandemic happened and then they laid off a third of their staff. And I was like, well, that definitely wasn't meant to be. And I really wanted to work somewhere where I could help people do their job better. Yeah. So Dan had reached out to me and said, hey, we've got, we need help. (laughs) (laughs) Come help us with some things. So I was like, okay. Anything I can do that can help people. And when you're growing as fast as we are, and when you have people doing different things, you've got to figure out how to do things differently. I can see the creative team is going to do things one way when it comes to project management. When you're looking at something like Build It Online, they might want something more technical-related, like software developers use. And so how do we get all of that to live in the same space, but not feel so siloed. Yeah. So. Well, it's certainly a, a complicated thing. Um, I, I think, well, so I've really only ever worked for small companies um, as, a de- as a developer slash now podcast producer. Um, and what I can say is that all of the like behind the scenes systems and stuff are just like a huge mess. <laughs> <laughs> or like have have a lot of potential to be just a huge mess immediately. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a, a different vision or opinion on how things should be organized, how information should be distributed distributed to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've been both very impressed and very thankful that you're like, I'm I'm finding solutions for these things. And like you said, it's constantly evolving. And so it's not like I fixed it. Now it's done. It's you know, never that's just, done. <laughs> it's always going to change. There's always yeah. something new or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. it's And it's always a struggle. It's like, okay, we need something right now, but what are we going to need in a year from now? What are we going to need maybe six months from now? It could be different from what we need in a year from now. Um, when we were, we moved payroll in-house back in January, I knew we were going to be splitting into different companies. Yeah. So by moving it in-house and going through that implementation process, I was able to start planning, okay, as we split into new companies, what's this going to look like so that the the transition was easier. 
So having an idea of where we want to go helps when you're trying to do something now because you might make changes, make make decisions a little differently. Yeah. But that goalpost might always move. It might change completely, but you've got to have something to go towards. Yeah. And prepare for instead of just trying to have a whole bunch of fires you're trying to put out and have at least one strategy. You can change it. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. But you need a, a starting point and a, a target. Man, I, I feel like the place that we're in as a company, having to solve today's problems and like a year from now's problems mm-hmm. at the same time is kind of a, a brain melt a little bit. Yeah. You know, do, do you feel like, or maybe I'll say this. What about like you makes you both like game for trying to solve that as well as like particularly apt for solving problems that way? I had a class in college, my first computer science class. Hey, we'll give you an assignment. You had to write a program to do something. And your grade wasn't dependent on, okay, if it's to write on the screen, hello world. You wouldn't get a good grade just because it wrote hello world you would your grade was dependent on how fast they could break it interesting so <laughs> if they're putting in input can they put in something that's going to break it so ever since then that's kind of made me start thinking about okay what is it that could make this go wrong so that i know to plan for that mm-hmm. so it's it kind of turned into, instead of thinking, well, what could go wrong? Well, what is it we might want to do down the road so we can just start making changes? Um, identify different people that might need to be involved later, things like that. Um, but I like, so I like things like playing uh, Rumi Cube. Have you ever played that? Heard of it. Um, it's kind of like solitaire, but... Um, they're little tiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what's cool with that is you're you're looking at this big mess of numbers and um, different colors, and you can put down a run of three or a set of three, and you kind of have to plan out how you want to do it. And I like games like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this just, it's like a, like doing a game for me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Trying to anticipate the person's next move. Yeah. And and yeah. And then the next move after that. How it's going to impact what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh huh. Would you consider yourself like a problem solver, like at heart? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I believe that about you too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's more of like, I'm always trying to anticipate the next thing that's going on. Even when I'm driving, I'm like, okay, that person looks like they're hugging the line. I think they might want to change lanes. They haven't used their turn signal. And then sure enough, they come over. Mm -hmm. It's just trying to anticipate things. Are you an anxious person? No. And you would think that I am because of all the planning, but because I, it's, it's not a planning from a nervous energy. It's more of a, hey, you know what? I can just put a little thought into this and then it's easier down the road Yeah. when things do go crazy. I like that perspective because I think that there's like an unhealthy version of that sort of planning 
mm-hmm. you know, that where it's like, if I plan all these things, it's that makes me feel like I have a version of control. Right. And then that's always like, you know, when things go terrible. And so I, I like the, it feels like you're coming at it from a more like adaptable standpoint where it's like, if I put an extra amount of forethought into, you know, this solution, mm-hmm. then if it goes the way we assumed it would, then my solution seems to have solved that. But if it doesn't, I've considered an, another, you know, solution that m- anticipated this other way it went, you know, and yeah. if it doesn't go either of those days, those ways, then you come up with another one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I certainly am on board with that in terms of like, you know, r- running a business. I feel like it, it's, I, I, I've worked with plenty of people who come at it from the control, mm-hmm. more anxiety standpoint. And that's like really hard if it doesn't go the way everyone assumed it would. Right. You know, that's when stuff starts to feel like it falls apart or you're kind of um, flying by the seat of your pants a little bit. So yeah. I can speak for everyone that we're very thankful you don't have those personality traits. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I can give you kind of a, an example that um, when we pack for a trip for our family, I will always take, I mean, my son's stuff and my stuff go in one suitcase, but I always yeah. put in a carry-on pajamas, clothes for the next day, um, anything I would need in case we got stranded. And my husband's like, oh, so much work. Why do you want to put, why do you have to think about that? And I'm like, well, it takes me maybe five minutes to pull that stuff out of the stuff I was already packing, put it in a separate bag. And that way, if we do have to go somewhere and spend the night, which has happened to us. For sure. Where our suitcase didn't make it. Or I've been rerouted and spent the night on the floor in a hotel in Chicago with no food or anything, Mm -hmm. and having a child with a severe food allergy, I take him a sandwich everywhere we go. Yeah. Because I know if I don't have access to that, then things would be very chaotic if I have a a very hangry seven-year-old on my hands that can't just eat anything. So it's like, well, just five minutes, and if things go south, we're prepared, and it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, Does he have a peanut allergy? Egg. Egg, one of yeah. the uh, the killers because it's in everything. Yeah. 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 So you are a big Oklahoma State fan. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Did you go there for school? I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, how many games do you go to a year? Oh gosh, pre-child, I got to go sure, to like yeah. <laughs> uh, three or four. Nice. My parents. Um, had bought season tickets. Now, I'm an eight-hour drive away from Stillwater, so I would have to fly. Um, Flights weren't super easy, but um, yeah, I would go to probably three or four for several years until I had my son, and then it got a little more complicated. Are you still able to go to, well, not counting this past season, but like a game a year maybe? Yeah, we've been trying. We've actually started taking him with us. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's kind of at the age where that's can be fun for both him and you. Yeah. You know, there's like a there's a time where it's fun for no one and then it's just fun for him. And then I'm sure you're like kind of in the time where it's now fun for everybody. Yeah, he uh we went I guess it was twenty nineteen. We went for homecoming and they were playing Baylor, which I have a cousin and her husband that went to Baylor and they mm-hmm. had three kids at Baylor. 
So we had all of her family, all of our family together. We did a tailgate on campus. And what oh, was yeah. cool was you could literally like rent an, a, a tailgate where they set up the food and everything for you. You just showed up. Oh, that's the best way yeah. to tailgate. Oh, my gosh. When you're from out of town, <laughs> so we literally just had to drop off a cooler with alcohol, and they even took that to the tailgate. But we went oh, wow. and played games, and so now my son expects all the games to be like that because he had so much fun. We had a TV. We had games. Um, they did the parade. Well, they do not a parade, but they do what's called the walk because mm-hmm. the team stays at the hotel on campus, and then they walk to the stadium. Yeah. And so you line up, line the street for the walk, and then they kicked off right in front of our tailgate. And so we're standing there, and Pistol Pete comes out with his big shotgun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fires it off to start the walk. And then they brought the shotgun shell over to my son. Oh, cool. So I was like, that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely relate to your son. What's his name? Patrick. Patrick. I can definitely relate to Patrick because... Well, so I, I went to college at Ohio State, which, you know, of course, is big. <gasps> did you say Ohio State? I did. Oh, that's that's a bad word in my house. Okay, well, this is going to get worse for you. Because my husband went to Michigan. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so it does. this story does get worse. So I went to Ohio State, and obviously there's a lot of college football there, for sure. And then um, my wife is born and raised in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, football's pretty big there too. Mm-hmm. She went to Alabama. Um, and so when she and I got together, um, her dad's company had, let's see, 28 tickets like in one of the club levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and her dad was the president and he retired a couple years ago for this company. And so there was three VPs each had eight tickets per game that they could use for you know clients or customers or whatever. And then her dad had four personal tickets that were just his. Mm-hmm. And so we went to tons of games. However, I've only ever been to an Alabama football game in the club yeah. where they have like what's called pouring rooms where because mm-hmm. they don't sell alcohol at SEC games. Right. But you can go into these pouring rooms where you like stocked a uh, locker previous to the game day. And so it was just like a full bar in there and you'd go mm-hmm. make a drink and, you know, there's like buffets of food. It's like this whole big thing. And so now it's kind of, I'm like kind of spoiled because it's like, why would I go sit in the stands? Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, I've lived, I've lived how good it can be. You know, why would I ever take a step back from that? Yeah. My most recent games, I went this last um, year to the OU OSU game at OU because yeah. uh-huh. my grandfather has a suite. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've been a couple times to this suite, and sure. it is a very, very nice suite, especially <laughs> when the weather is snowing and really wet and cold. Yeah, I'm snow. sure it's pretty comfy in there. Yeah, and they get they basically stock up all the booze ahead of time. Yep. And it's the big buffet spread and everything like that. So, yeah, I get it. I've been spoiled now. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they, they did not. It's not a suite. I mean, I think there's probably it's essentially the width of the end zone on uh-huh. both ends, just okay. like a single level. Um, you know, it might be twenty seats deep. The mm-hmm. you know, but it's pretty nice to live uh, to, to enjoy it how the other half lives a little yeah. bit. Yeah, 
But so the other part of that is when people ask me what college do I follow college football? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, what's your team? I'm like, well, Ohio State and Alabama. And they're like, come on. I'm like, to be fair. Yeah. I went to one. I married into the other. Yeah. It wasn't, I didn't just like, I'm not like, yeah. And I also love the Yankees and I love the Dallas Cowboys and I love, um, you know, the New York Rangers. You know, it's not like I just picked the most famous team in every league or something yeah. like that. It just like worked out that way. Yeah. I, I like that you love college football as much as I do. Um, I do. Or maybe do. more so. But it's like, I'm like already starting to tingle for like football season. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It's like my my spidey sense is tingling a little bit because we're on the way. Yeah. Um, I like to have uh, game day on first thing in the morning because when they oh, kick yeah. it off, it's just that that feeling of, okay, it's fall, it's football time. And it kicks. I like my Saturday to kick off with that. I love, we're totally aligned on that. That's for the last probably, f- I mean, really since my son was born, he was born 2018, like early September. So like right at the beginning of football season. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of always been sort of um, like ri- uh, r- the Saturday ritual. It's like yeah. I generally, I have like a screwdriver and sitting in, you know, holding babies. Now they're running around, but mm-hmm. There's just like what Saturday morning is. Watch all of college game day. And then, you know, sometimes the Ohio State game is on like right at 11. Yeah. So it kind of just goes right into it. Um, but yeah, it's just like something about those like football Saturdays are just like really like precious and, and really cool and special. Mm-hmm. We can move on from football for anyone who's listening. <laughs> you don't have to keep going into this. You've talked a little bit about why you like the work that you're doing with BuildWit. You know, it's, it's evolving. You're constantly, um, you know, trying to solve what's kind of going wrong right now, but also trying to come up with solutions that work in the future. S- zooming out just a little bit, what from like a more just company culture standpoint, what like sticks out to you about BuildWit that I don't want to say keeps you coming back for more, but like makes BuildWit something that's like really sticky for you? Uh, I would say... One of it is everybody jumping in to help. Um, when somebody throws out, hey, I, I need help with something, multiple people are diving in to help and kind of take, take a load off. They're willing to, willing to shoulder some of that work themselves. Um, everybody works their butts off, and that means that it's important work to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes the team stronger together because you don't have anybody slacking off. Yeah. Um, and it's a fun group. It's when we get on those calls and can joke around with each other and, and lighten the mood. Yeah. That's a really nice thing to have. But I feel like everybody is, are also just generally kind and warm people. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you there. I f- My first agency job, which I ended up working at, which is how I met Clay Thompson, the thing that I felt, I thought drew me to it and made me really excited about it was that everybody was like really hungry. I'm like, that's really mm-hmm. cool to be a part of something where everybody's really hungry. Mm-hmm. And after having worked there and worked at um, another agency that had some similar vibes, um, I think I maybe tried to use that feeling or that that idea of like hunger 
to smooth over some like other issues that like I may be less cool with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I f- assumed that was like the same kind of culture coming into Buildwood because Buildwood was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that Buildwood had less problem getting work <laughs> than mm-hmm. maybe other agencies I've been with. Um, but it was the same kind of like everybody's trying really hard to do good work and um, you know really cares. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting. But my initial thought was, well, that's that's hunger and that's really cool. But honestly, the way that I feel at this point is there's everybody seems to have created some sort of like really healthy balance in their own life in terms of um, I really care about this mm-hmm. and I want to do good work, but I'm not going to let the work kill me. Right. You know, like there there's. And I think some of that's just like, I think we've done a good job hiring veterans as well as as younger people. You know, there's a, a good combination of, of age and experience. Um, but it to me, it never feels like, all right, team, this week we all got to work 80-hour weeks because we got to crush it for this. It's like, I don't know, everybody wants to have a good life and do good work. Yeah. And so... You know, sometimes that does mean you work way more hours in a week than you may be expected or whatever. But also, sometimes that means you, you don't. <laughs> you know, you work a lot, right. a lot less because that's just like how it works out. And so, um, I, I definitely, I don't know. I, I think that the way that the team has been constructed, which has been really intentional, um, I, I think that there's something special that we're all kind of a part of, and it, it's it's exciting to to see that grow and. That's another reason why I'm excited for next week because it's a way that we can celebrate. Yeah, it's I'm excited. Um, I don't think that we have anybody on the team that if you asked them to go do something would say, well, what's in it for me? Or yeah. I need you to work um, on July 4th weekend to, to go film a demolition. Nobody would be like, well, it's a holiday. It's okay, let's do it. I mean, I understand some people, they have trips planned with family and that's a little yeah. different, but if if you've got the availability, it's it's always been about um, everybody supports their team, they support the partners and they put them first before themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of mentality makes it a great place to work. Yeah. And it, it'll stay that way. Lori put words to it in like a, a DM, I think with me, uh, maybe like a month ago or six weeks ago, we were just chatting about whatever. And she was just like, Buildwood is like the most mission-focused place I've ever worked. And that like crystallized sort of a lot of things I had been feeling and thinking is that like if the company as like a, a single large thing um, is so like focused on a mission, then it's easier to like feel a part of that and right. you know also be mission driven at like ourselves you know it's like when i'm when i'm working on podcasts it's not like man my goal for today is to make sure Aaron's voice sounds good you know that's, that's just like not the point of it right. and so i i think what's cool is the the like broader point of our work is not just excellence in our work right and there are plenty of jobs that are like that, but I, I just don't think Buildwood is is one of those. Yeah, and our mission isn't anything about us being successful as a company, which is which also is a big which deal. is <laughs> nice when you also don't have to worry about the success of the company. Yeah, 
a question I like to ask everybody or that I've started asking people at the end of this podcast. What is maybe like the most, the dirtiest you've ever been? Oh gosh. And I'll cut out all this space. Don't I'm worry. trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that one. I am sure that I had some times and I cannot remember the specific instance of why, but I was covered in head to toe in mud and I like, Jeans could stand up on their own. Oh, gosh. <laughs> kind of mud. Yeah. But I can't remember where I was. If I was out at, I have some family that have a lot of land and an ATV. We got stranded one one time out there. <laughs> um, I can't remember if it was that or if it was out at, um, I was a homecoming chair for my sorority at Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. And we have like these massive house decks. And you'd be doing it all night long, some nights in the mud. You'd be standing there in the rain, putting tissue paper and chicken wire. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it could have been doing something assembly. They also have um, some of the scissor lifts running around. So it could have gotten splashed from that. Um, I can't remember. I mean, I have, I have a lot more years than... <laughs> A lot of other people. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you oh, definitely nailed it. I'm sure it was a soccer game when I was younger because I oh, played yeah. soccer like and I a know a rainy we, soccer game. Yeah, I yeah. know we played a tournament in a rainy weekend and had some slide tackles and stuff like that. They would have had mud all over the face and in the yep. hair and everything. So yeah, yeah, because when you're like a kid, you're you're playing, you're always playing soccer on like actual grass. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and so now I think so many of those fields are, you know, like the, like football fields, the astroturf with the rubber in it, you know, and it drains really fast. I feel like so many schools have that, mm -hmm. but when I think of like my own childhood playing soccer, it was just in like hard dirt or just straight up mud. Yeah, I was cheering in like a football game one time, and we had so much rain. We had water halfway up our legs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Lord. So yeah, I've been I was outside a lot. <laughs> did you did you grow up in Oklahoma? No. You're in, in Texas. In Texas. My you family just, grew up in Oklahoma. Got it. You just have some family there. Okay. Yeah. Where sorry, where in Texas did you grow up near where you live now? No, I grew up in the Dallas area. Got it. In okay. a suburb of Dallas. Which suburb? Garland. Garland, Texas. Mm -hmm. Heard of that? Yeah. That's about all I can give you. I've heard of it. <laughs> um well, Kara, thank you so much for doing the podcast with me, making time for it. Thanks, Alex. Uh, it was good to catch up. I think what's a, a selfish part of the podcast thing is like I get to just like have a conversation and just talk about whatever I want with people I don't necessarily get to talk to that often. So I'm very thankful you made some time. I was um, definitely looking forward to catching up with you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll uh, have another one to you in a couple weeks. Okay, thanks, Alex.